0: 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and through the wonders of Zoom, I'm able to chat to the CEO of the Lighthouse Foundation, Simon Benjamin. He joins
1: us. How are you, Simon? Good. Good to see Clayton. Good. Thanks
0: for having me on. Uh, It's great to have a chat to you. Uh, You're based here in Melbourne, right? That's right. And and we are going to say uh, that what I love about this and being in various forms of lockdown and uh, the various ways that happens with it uh, there's this slight sound that you hear with Simon and that's because uh, his house is right near a train station and or train line and so uh, it's it's perfect just just it it feels like we're in the city just having a chat Simon that's what it feels like to me so I love it I love that's what we're doing. Um, Let's talk a bit about uh, what the the Lighthouse Foundation is first of all and then I want to circle back to you and we'll come back and delve a bit more into it but just the top line for those who might not know what the lighthouse foundation is
1: so we we're an organization that's been going for just over 30 years and we exist to um really end youth homelessness um and the way that we do that is we look after um children babies even young people who are either homeless or in state care um and we often find that they have often suffered um, neglect, abuse, um, trauma um, in their early years um, that's really severely impacted. So that's the reason why they've either been, you know, um, there's been intervention by the government to remove them from their family because there's been at risk of harm um, or they've, um, they've left themselves in like their teenage years um, and they've kind of slipped under the net sort of thing of government and um, they've they found themselves homeless or, you know, on the streets and so we, um, we've got uh, 10 homes around Melbourne and we also have a foster care program also. And we take them into our homes or into foster homes and do the do the work really to, you know, get them back on their feet to you know, try and start to address and start to work with them about their trauma to help them understand it, to help them to overcome. Um, and, you know, um, and then, you know, get on to change the trajectory of where they could be heading and um, get them into into you know good good pathway for life really yeah uh let's
0: talk a bit about you and and your heart for this Uh, i know that from an education point of view there's psychology Mm. uh, education behind but also um before you even started working with the lighthouse foundation this sort of a work was uh, something that was beating in
1: your heart take Mm. us through a bit of your journey in that regard Sure, that's right. There's always there's always the own personal story. Um, people often say, you know, I think when you work in a not for profit, there's a there's a passion behind, you know, you, what, what brings you there. And That's certainly the case for me and everyone really at Lighthouse. So I can testify to that. Um, for me, um, I um, when I started my working career, I was actually typing up my resume one day to, to get a job in an office, and um, about halfway through, it suddenly it just felt all wrong, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, what what do I do?" And um, and I really started doing some soul searching, and um, you know, it was about a while later. I was in a, a I was in a party with some friends, and I those just two big um, two big guys that I was chatting with, and they worked with you know really. Um, troubled children. And I, as they were listening to it, I just thought it's something just switched on. I just felt such a thing, I've, I've got to do this. Um, I just felt like my heart was pounding and I'm like, I, really, I feel I've got to do this. And I, at the same time, I was in absolute fear because um, I'd never looked after children before. The children I worked with in particular were violent. No, Not, not all of them are violent, but the ones this, these two working for were quite violent in their teenage years. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But anyway, I kind of, you know, um, sought Further and uh, eventually started working with young children who were who had disabilities. Um, started actually cleaning ha- cleaning homes um, as for my local council, and then um, for cleaning homes of families who had children with disabilities or you know high needs. And then um, and my you know my 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 dad was saying to me, "You've got a degree. Why are you cleaning people's homes?" And it was a difficult one to explain. Um, but I just felt absolutely alive. I just knew this is where I was I was meant to be and. Um, Um, And it started from there, really, and I just, you know, over a period of, say, eight years, I then worked with um, adults who had uh, mental health issues, um, young people had mental health issues, children who had disabilities, children who had, um, you know, quite severe autism spectrum disorder, um, and a range of different things, and then um, it went from there, and then I, I, you know, was any, I remember speaking to a couple once who were um, foster carers, had been foster carers for, like, 15, 20 years in, in the UK, and I was just you know I could I was like a sponge I could have just heard them for hours talking of all their stories um, and I was just kind of thinking how can I kind of incorporate this into my life somehow and and then professionally I, I went over to the UK for four years I mean I'm from there originally you know if you can pick it up in my accent yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, but I am an I'm Australian um, but um, went back over there for four years with my wife and um, I worked for um, a specialist organization that works with, you know, children who are severely traumatized in the, you know, between the ages of 0 to five really. And, um, um, and, and, and learned, you know, i worked for lots of different organizations. Some said they were, you know, therapeutic in what they did. And, and when you kind of work with them, you kind of thought, well, where is the therapeutic stuff that's going on here? I can't really see it or experience it. And, um, but this organization was just really good at what they did. Um, and they've been doing it for like 60 years. Had a really great record, and um, so I got to see how it really works. And and yes, I, I was a carer myself. I worked with these really troubled children. Also, I spent some time in in WA. Worked in the child protection program, um, and you know, with some with some of those violent children that those that I, you know those two guys in that party were, were talking about. And and just I think with one of the children I worked with, um, she was eight at the time, and um, she was. Very difficult. She had nothing in her room except a mattress because she just smashed everything, and we didn't have any history or understanding as to what um, what had gone on for her. But except, it's obvious she'd been severely abused and didn't know how to put it into words. Um, and I just was felt, and all the the cares I worked in, in that particular home, and this was a residential home, so again, not really what you'd experience in foster care. Um, really, you know, that you don't get children that severe in foster care, but. Um, she I just felt determined how can I break through in some way with this 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 young girl and the staff were finding it really hard we had to take it we had to rotate when we first had her like you know um every hour we had to kind of change who was going to work with her because it was so intense um and I just started you know just being as silly as I could I hadn't had my own children at that point I do now and um just started playing hide and seek with her and it really started to engage her um to such a point where I spent almost the whole day with her um, and then it came night time. It was my time to, to leave and to clock off shift, sort of thing. And the other staff were try- having trouble putting her to sleep. And I just went up to her one day and said, look, I just said, look, I looked her in the eyes and said, look, you just need to go to sleep now. And immediately she went straight to sleep. And they are like, goodness, what have you done? You're a miracle worker. And um, and I learned then a really powerful lesson, which was just the power of connection. And um, these children have um, are just have had really difficult experiences and they just need someone to connect with to like any child um and because of the difficulties they've experienced um they 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 can't get it out of their body to communicate something terrible has happened to me and um because they don't have the words they don't have the you know there's the research says that um children who've experienced abuse before they can speak have great difficulty speaking about it later uh before that you know they've got developed the capacity to speak and so um you know, I had, had a, developed a great professional bond with, with this young girl and started to see change, you know, and, you know, we were able to put start putting things back in her room because she wouldn't destroy them. And, um, when, when at times when I came on shift, she was leaping around the place because I'd walked in and I was like, oh my goodness. And, um, it's something that a parent would experience when their child comes home, but I hadn't, had, hadn't been a parent at that point. Um, and, um, it came time for me to, to leave. And actually that's when I went off to England and, um, um, and I kind of stayed in touch with the house, and she, you know, she started to make progress and everything because, again, she had that connection where she could start to put things, um, you know, start to make some some progress. So, um, so that's where it kind of all started, really. Yeah, that's I, great.
2: yeah. It went on yeah. from there. I,
1: I just want to, um, I, I suppose, grab a
0: principle for a second, uh, mm-hmm. maybe for all of us as we listen in this, because I, I think there's sometimes a fear that happens for us of. Uh, the unknown or the unusual, um, and maybe that's um, if we go down the street and it's someone who has a disability, we've certainly talked about that on this program a lot, or or someone who's acting violent as a kid and we don't know what it is. It's something that's slightly unusual to what we, we're experiencing in this moment right here and now, and how to approach these people, um, mm-hmm. because they are people, they they desire love, They are. It, we're all people, we all have that. Yes. So i suppose to take the principle is there something whether it's for a child who's been abused for for an adult who seems distant and just not going to be doing there is there a principle that you've learned um is it is it simply connection um what is it is it a mindset I have to have as I approach people to connect in is there a key here
1: yeah there is and it's um I mean you've gone kind of right to the heart of the matter so Good on you for getting straight to it, because it's something that we try and instill in our carers here at Lighthouse and um, and also our foster carers as well. And, and there's a couple of elements to it, but I think probably one of the key ones is when you see someone, is to try and look as to what is what is their what is their behaviour trying to communicate. What are they trying to say? Um, and um, I often try to you know when someone has a, a physical disability, you can see it you can see that they're limping or they're in a wheelchair or whatever it is that they've, if they're elderly, they're frail. And when you see it, you make you accommodate it. You kind of think, okay, let me try and open the door for you or whatever. But someone who's got an emotional um, trauma, you can't see it as you look at them. Um, so what you're seeing through their behavior is you're seeing the wound manifest in some way. And so you then, then what I say to people is try and accommodate it, try and understand. That, um you know what your life experience is may not be theirs. Um, and um, it's like that kind of you know adage of don't judge. Um, you look at something and judge, oh goodness, that person's, you know, um I had we had one one person like this started working in the care home, and um, they um they described the the difficult trials I just described to you earlier as um, oh, look they um they're just attention seeking um and because they looked at this child in the frame of a a child that hasn't experienced abuse um whereas actually you've got to see what's in their past what's gone beyond it what are they trying to say to me that they can't put into words um i think that's probably one of the key principles that you know that i stick to
0: the ceo of the lighthouse foundation is my guest uh, simon Benjamin. We're looking forward to chatting more with Simon, but um, uh, I'm going to really uh, say my first question out uh, when we come back in a couple of moments is I'm going to challenge the absolute foundation of what the Lighthouse Foundation is about. I want to put that question to Simon. I'm not going to tell him what it is. He's going to just have to hear it when you hear it as well. That's on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9, The Light. Simon Benjamin is my guest here on In Conversation. He is the CEO of the the Lighthouse Foundation. Uh, And I did say, Simon, a couple of minutes ago, I'm going to challenge the absolute foundation of what the Lighthouse Foundation is about. You said this. You said the aim is to end youth homelessness. Uh, I suppose my question is, is that actually really,
1: really possible uh, in our world today? Look, I think it is. um, um, Because if... Enough people out there put out their hand and say, oh, I, "I'll do something about this," um, in various forms. It can be in, "I'll support Lighthouse to do their work." That's probably one of the best ways to start it off because if we can grow, if we can grow larger, we can help more people and you know train others in what we're doing. And then the other way is, is um, you know, things through things like foster care because we found that. Of the homeless young people in our program, 80% of them had been in, in state care at some point. Um, and the reason we've actually started a foster care program just two years ago is because we're applying. We've got we've got great proven results. In our adolescent program um, with youth, young people, we had an 80% success rate. So we found that. Yeah. And what were you doing in that program? So we have our carers. We, so we have young people who live in our, uh, our homes. We have carers that live in, that, that support them. Um, and we have a, a very strong wraparound support. So we have a clinical team that provide therapy to young people, that provide coaching and reflection to our carers. And our 10 homes interact as a community. So when young people are homeless, move in, they've got nothing. They suddenly move into a home with, with three or four others. And, and a whole community that they haven't prior had that's supporting them. Um, and we also have we have lots of volunteers. We have volunteers attached to each of our homes. And if people are, you know, wanting, are keen to get involved, they can contact us to get about that, just go through our website. Um, and so we connect them with the community um, and try and set them up for things like jobs. Um, we're there when they, they stumble and fall down in education and, and those sorts of things and pick the pieces back up and help them carry on. Um, and then, so we found, like I said before, about eighty percent of the children had been in the care system. So we're like, okay, we're going to move our model with, with with clear interventions. We know how to do things to support carers, to support children, and we're going to we're going to extend it into foster care um, to get get the children earlier, so that they don't end up homeless. And um, so, for us, if we can start to make some improvements in foster care. And you know, expand. You know, get more carers caring. hope people open up, up their households. Then, for me, um, youth homelessness will start to decrease. Let's start decreasing yeah. it first, we, and yeah. then we can end
0: it. That's great. I love that it's it's not just one of those aims that's out there and you go, oh yeah, yeah, boy, whatever. It's you go. Well, actually, this is our plan. We we think this is how we can do this. That's right. That's so inspiring. It's it's fantastic. Um, let's talk a bit about this, so, as you said, you know, it's just the last couple of years, you've been around for three decades, the, the organization, but the last couple of years you've said foster care and we've heard the why behind, behind that. Um, I, I keep reading as I have a look at your website that you've got a, an innovative model. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone sort of says they've
1: got an innovative model, Simon. So what is this? What's so, so interesting about this though? Sure. And look on that, I think, you know, we're not the be all and end all. It's like, we don't have the uh, every answer, but we have certainly have an answer. Um, there's probably, it, I think there needs to be a range of solutions, but I, we're kind of saying we've got, we've definitely got one. Um, and so for us, um, I've been a foster carer myself, I should say, um, I put that out there at the start. And like I said earlier, I've been talking with other foster carers and there came an opportunity a few years ago where, um, it was someone within my house. We'd taken in, we started to take in younger children in, in care who had been moved around the foster system so much they, you know, they didn't have anywhere else to place them. Um, and so, we took on a couple of um, sibling group for a little while and um, an opportunity for one of the younger ones didn't turn out. And I got a call from my um, director of care kind of saying, look, you, you've been mentioning about wanting to do fostering. Do you, What do you feel about, about this scenario? And, and I think, hang on, he's talking about me, my home. <laughs> and um, um, and I just had a chat with my wife and, um, and we've been talking about it. And it's like, well, you know, this is just, just, just give it a try and um, um and so that's not the normal way because you know there's like a bit of a training process but because we already had this kind of prior connection with this child there was like another avenue um and so we took him into our home which was meant to be for two weeks ended up being three months um and it just gave me a real insight um, on the other side i've done it professionally as a job, you know, going to do a shift and looking after, you know, children, but actually bringing it home was a different level. Um, But again, everything that I'd experienced in my working, you know, I could apply into that space. Um, But it just, I just saw there was just a couple of stories I could share. There was just one where it was, we'd had him for about a week and a half. And, um, and he was, um, you know, he was, he was preschool age. And he came up to us and he said, Oh, it's my birthday today. And I was like, Oh goodness, you're <sighs> joking, is it? And um, and I quickly scanned my phone for the email that kind of gave his kind of you know key details. And I was like, Oh no, no, actually it's in like it's in like 10 days. So I went up to him and said, like, it's not today, but it's in 10 days, and we'll kind of organize something for you. And so when it was his birthday, we the night before we kind of put streamers up and balloons and everything, and um um, and then we got the, we hit, we've got a great street with kids that play on, on the street and everything. So that afternoon we got them all around and had a bit of a, a birthday cake and everything and bouncing on the trampoline. And we, after three months he'd moved on and I was still in touch with him and, you know, the, the carers and everything. When it was his birthday the year after, the next year, his carer said to him, Look, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he said, I want it like we had at, at Simon's. Um, the streamers, and I, I, he had no, he made no indication to me that he really enjoyed the day. It was yeah. almost like not even, but it had an imprint and it really lasted. And I think the, the thing that really struck me was some of the, these children just need the basic routines of, um, you know, um, birthdays and, you know, bedtimes and reading stories, all those other things. It's so vital because I haven't had that and you don't realize they haven't had that. Yeah. Um, but at Lighthouse, the thing that is how innovative are we is that. The very thing of the day to day, we try and bring in really clearly. We, in our foster program, why it's innovative is because we're actually bringing together a community of, of up to say 10 foster carers. And um, at Lighthouse, our homes you know, are, are around a central hub, um, which is that we've got a hub in Richmond, like a youth center. What we're doing with our foster program is we're having a central home. It's just a, a really lovely home. It's in northern Northern Melbourne. And we're recruiting foster carers around that home. So they can, there's several features. One is that that home is a bit like grandma or auntie's place where you can just drop the kids and just take a bit of a break. Our, our paid carers will be there that the children will get to know. We'll be able to be like, you know, after school, overnight, overnight sleepovers, that sort of thing. Um, Another thing is we get our carers together, like we do with our other homes. We've got paid carers. We get the foster carers together in groups. Currently it's happening on Zoom. but So that they can start, and it's kind of like training, reflection, capacity building really, where they start to unpack, look, you know, this is going on for us in our home. We're kind of struggling with this stuff. And we have a, you know, a trained clinician who's, you know, can walk the walk and talk the talk to help unpack the experiences. And you go away kind of learning, oh, I see. I didn't quite see it that way. A bit like the thing of, you know, how do you see behaviour and understand it, um, you know, when you see someone on the street. The same thing, helping them decide to see what's behind the behaviour. And you really go in re-armed to and re-equipped of, okay, next time I'll do it this way because I've learnt. And you also have in that space other carers that you, other foster carers who are kind of saying, oh, you goodness, yeah, we've got that too. Um, and it helps give perspective. So our foster carers actually start to grow into, the, into it as they're doing it. Um, and we do that, you know, the idea after COVID is in, the, in our hub home, we'll bring the carers together um, and we might still do Zoom. And we'll, in one end of the house, we'll have all the children together and we'll do activities with them while all the carers are having their, you know, their groups also, we just it will just be a, a community in the sense of, hey, we're having a barbecue, just come out. Um, and it, and we found that some of our foster carers, as we planned, are actually getting together outside of our groups because there's, you know, just a natural community forming. Um, yeah. So it's really multi-layered. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's well, how it's innovative. I think your
0: brag of innovative actually was backed up by the, the great innovation because that is, I mean, that's um, what a beautiful way of taking the incredible focus of three decades of work mm. um through the lighthouse foundation all of your skills all of, and actually putting it into that model that that i mean that really is actually something quite remarkable thank you for sharing that simon i i do know that you're always on the hunt for people to be foster the carers too yes we are um, so so let's talk about that i, I want to start by uh, I, w- I want you at the end so for everybody who's listening i want you at the end to give the details of how people can do it so you know as mm. you listen maybe this if this is for you uh, Simon's going to give you the details of how to connect in at the end there. And if you've, you've heard how it's done and the support that's there too, which is just wonderful. Um, the one question I want to ask, though, is, and you sort of alluded to it, Simon, um, you know, you, you use your experience before. I and mean, someone might say, yeah, but Simon, you've, you've done training in this for, for, for years and years. You, you've got that experience. That's why you can do that. Mm. Um, how do I I answer that argument if perhaps I am sitting there maybe a little bit thinking yeah maybe maybe we should do foster care but I've got these worries I'm not like Simon I'm not trained in those sorts of things yeah how how do I go about sort of asking myself those questions and then answering them
2: um I think the best one is that you really what I found even when I started in my like professional career and um I didn't think of it as a professional career at all you know I just had a psych degree that was just great on paper but what was I going to do in practice and it really, I learned as I, on, on, in the job, basically, and I had, I didn't, we didn't always have psych psychologists around us. In fact, in, 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 in the care system I worked with, we didn't at all. We had, you know, very sporadic, um, as like some places did, but, um, what we do is we recognize that straight away, that really what you need is just to be willing, have a willing heart, um, and, you know, the criteria, for posterior is quite, simple you just need to be over 21 and have a spare room in your house um, and even if you don't have a spare room but you think actually we're thinking of moving and you know we'll have one then that's great um, um, and there can be cases even where if we're lying up with a particular child we may help you to move um if we've lined up some particular so you just need a, a really a willing heart and just to be a willingness to be open to to learn with us and with others um, because we will help guide you you know when a child's in your care um, you, um, you'll you become the expert on that trial. Um, and we understand that. So we'll kind of say, well, you know, but we'll, we'll share you our experience. We'll walk alongside you with the journey. We have our own paid carers that can even come into your home and help out with, with various things and get to kind of give their view and their perspective on, on various elements. So you just need to be willing and to be able to, again, um, ask for help if you think you need it. Um, and, and also to be a foster carer, you don't actually need to have been a parent. Um, You don't need to have your own children. You don't need to be in a relationship. You don't need to be from any particular community group or or, or not. It's really anyone who's over 21 who has a spare room. And um, if you've just got a willingness to to kind of go on the journey. um, And it can be quite varied as well. You know, sometimes, um, you know, ideally we like to have carers that are willing to take children for longer term, you know, um, three months, six months, a year, two years or beyond that. But oftentimes um, that's not always needed. Um, we've had, you know, with some of our foster carers, we've said look, we've got these a child that needs, uh, you know, to be looked after for a month. And sometimes it's ended within five days because the department have ended up finding other family that they could live with and they don't need to live with someone they don't know. So they've moved on quite quickly. So there can be a bit where, um, you know, it, it, with the foster, with fostering that sometimes it's out of your hands as to what happens um, and you have to kind of, but we take you on that journey before you even sign up. Um, there's a process of, we do information sessions. There's two days training that you need to do before you even say, actually, yes, I want to proceed. So there's lots of opportunity to kind of say, oh, look, I'm not sure if this is for me, but um, we'd love you to kind of, if it's even a little inkling in your heart, give us a call because we'd love to know um, if you think this might be for you, we can help you on that.
0: Yeah. What's the best way to think about it? Um, is it about saying, um, I, I suppose it's about me or it's about the child? And, and I'm not meaning that in a, You know, people say, oh, it's of course about the child. What I'm meaning by that is, should I be saying, actually, um, I don't want to do good in this world. And this might be a way that I can use who I am and my home and what I've got. Is that the best way to think about it? Or is it the best way to say, hey, there's kids who need this right now and someone's needs to step up.
1: Yeah. Is there a better way to think about it? I think both of those is really good. If you've got either one
2: of those, or even a skerrick of one of them, then give then get in touch. Um, <laughs> I think, and we have people who've done both. And we have, you know, one of our foster carers I don't think was even planning on being a foster carer, but they heard the story of one particular child. Like one evening, when one of our staff was, you know, at an event and she didn't really want to go, but someone roped her along, and she just started telling about a particular boy that we're looking for foster carers from. She wasn't even thinking of becoming a foster carer, but she heard this boy's story, and she thought. I've got to do something. And, um, and, you know, this, this, ch- this child's been with them for a year now. And it's, you know, and they're on their own journey. Um, so really, yeah, either of those, if, if you, if you think you can, you know, you might, you might be someone who's already had your children, children start to grow a little bit. Um, you know, you think, actually, we've got room for one more. <laughs> um, that would be perfect, you know? Yeah absolutely
0: uh, well as you've heard um and you know i've certainly done a whole lot of interviews with, i've never heard this model specifically done um we, we did talk about it as as innovative and 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 it really is it's it's quite an interesting concept and and seems to have some phenomenal support around uh for yeah. those who may be uh thinking about being a foster carer so uh Simon, we said uh, that you let us know how to do that what, what's the best way if people want to get in touch with the lighthouse foundation
2: The best way is um, go to uh, our website, which is lighthousefostercare.org.au. So Lighthouse Foster Care. And you can go to our website, Lighthouse Foundation, but lighthousefostercare.org.au is just, um, you can just fill in your details, your name, your phone number, and um, start reading through some information and we'll then get in touch with you and just, you know, just just talk through the the process basically and, and take it from there. Um, and there's information sessions. People will contend that I will often be speaking at. Um, just give just give us a call, really. Um, and it, can, it may be something that you're not wanting to do right now, but you think actually, you know, three to six months or next year, get in touch. We can keep you on our on our, on our um, uh, records and you know give you a call. Excellent.
0: Lighthousefostercare.org.au. dot That is uh, the place to head to. Simon, it's been wonderful just having a chat with you. Thank you for sharing uh, your heart, your passion as well. And uh, updating us a bit on, on what it means uh, for the uh, Lighthouse Foundation to get involved in foster care these last few years. And hopefully as uh, many more people get involved and you do end that youth homelessness. Thanks again for your time. Thanks very much. Brian. Thank you. Simon Benjamin, he is the CEO of the Lighthouse Foundation with us here on 89.9 The Light.